Welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, my name is Alan Collins. I'm the partner who heads up the abuse team at Hugh James, and I'm joined by my colleagues, Hannah Hodson and Danielle Vincent. Hi, Danny. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Alan. Thank you for joining us. In this week's podcast, we're going to be talking about virtual reality sexual assaults. And this is on the back of a BBC News report where BBC are saying that police are investigating a virtual sexual assault on a girl's avatar. Now, before we get underway with the podcast, I want to remind everyone who is listening that the subject matter of these podcasts are often troubling, upsetting, disturbing and so on because of the subject matter. And so if you think you may be upset or distressed in any shape or form by the content of this podcast, now's the time to switch off and go and do something else, have a cup of tea or whatever. Otherwise, please do stay with us. So as I said in the intro, what we're going to be discussing in this podcast is this BBC News report concerning a virtual sexual assault on a girl's avatar. And elsewhere has been described as a virtual rape, the police investigating an attack on a child in the metaverse. Now, I have to say to you and to Danny and Hannah, this is way above my understanding and I just don't really get it and so I'm going to need you to explain what this is all about okay so I'm going to hand over I think to you Danny I'm going to throw the gauntlet down to you to explain in language that I can understand what this is all about okay so basically and my tech is not great with this and I I don't play any form of virtual games but my understanding is is that you can create a character however that will look and then you enter a virtual world with other people who have created characters and you interact normally there's some form of common goal there's different types of these games as I say I don't have great knowledge of it but my understanding is is that you've made this virtual character and that with technology and how everything is improving your character will mirror the images well the movements that you're making in your home is that right Hannah yeah so I think sort of the best way to explain it is that the aim of virtual reality games are to make the player feel like they are basically stepping inside the game so if you think of you know sort of normal games like that you play on like PlayStation or Xbox it's kind of that but imagine that you're actually stepping inside the computer I think that's what VR games, virtuality games sort of aim to do. And I think what you said, Danny, it's when you have people wearing equipment to their arms and sort of, I don't know how to describe it, but like almost goggles over your eyes that allows you to really feel like you're inside the game. So obviously it is different to just playing, you know, like a normal game on a PlayStation or something like that. It's kind of like that one step further. So this BBC report and the other media reports 
where they talk about, quote, unquote, virtual rape. So what these people are doing is they can see through their eye set goggles what looks like a real individual. Yeah. So people say when they play virtual reality games and obviously as technology is developing, they are becoming increasingly more. They feel like real life, basically, when you're in there. So they have all sorts of like sight, sound. And I think in even some cases, the touch element is developing. So you really do have like all of these senses when you're in the game. So this is where they put on gear that like a bodysuit. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Right. I think in some of the games, yeah. Okay. So where the BBC have gone and said, please investigate virtual sexual assault on a girl's avatar. So the culprits, I'm thinking of whatever word to use that's polite, the culprits through the avatar, they can see from the victim's perspective, her or yeah, her. Yeah. Yeah. So they can see this, what looks like, a real person because it is a real person yeah or like whatever character she's designed on that game right so i think you can play versions of the game where you're just on your own playing or you can join other versions where there is people from across the world playing and it's almost like a live sort of game room i guess so yeah this is how you'd come into contact with other people and as danny said like if you're in your living room playing this game and you you jump up and down then your character's going to jump up and down likewise you'll see what other people are doing on the multiplayer. So the culprit in this wearing their avatar, the, the you know, the goggles and the body suit, yeah. they can pretend that the right word, thinking now, correct me if I'm wrong. So they can pretend that they are sexually assaulting this real victim. Yeah, I think that's what's happening here because it's obviously like a simulation. So I think I mean I've I've read some accounts where people are saying like another character will come up to them and like group them, group their character because obviously they're doing the motion. Right. So that's then being done to their character on the VR game. They can then presumably see and feel. Is that right? They can definitely see it. Yeah. Not on their physical body, they can't feel it. I think the way it's developing, I think some games are getting closer to that. That's what I've read in the research. They're saying that they are sort of developing in such a way where the motion is getting better. But yeah, I, I don't think you can, not on your physical body, no. Right. I think what's important to to mention while, while we're discussing this, and especially with what's been released in, in the press articles, is it's that it, sometimes it, it's groups of, in this instance we're talking about men but it could be women as well groups of men you you know joining forces and potentially the other individual that they're all not ganging up on that's the wrong word but but you know all centering around this avatar in this instance you know could be a young child so we're also talking about the language potential sexual language that is being used and this I'm sure could be quite frightening especially if you're someone of a a young nature you know and you're not just going to turn that headset off and and get on with your day. Yeah sure well I can't get my brain around all this I have to confess but I'm with you so I think the media are saying that what's happening is actually to quote unquote is rife. I've never come across this before it's only you know this BBC news report that you know I sort of what's all this about and um, we decided to look into all of this and um, according to one media outlet a senior police officer said that the metaverse was rife with sexual offences 
maps and uh, well, we haven't is... necessarily come across this alan but we've talked in detail and we've we've had claims before in regards to you know grooming online and with mm. other gaming sites and social media sites and sites which have chat functions and that especially during covid when lots more children were up in their rooms playing on games a lot more and involved with technology we we saw huge increases in that respect and i think this is just a development on from that as technology gets better that we've now got these virtual worlds instead of effectively chat rooms well the law's got to catch up with all of this because i think one of the questions that's being asked is if using polite language a culprit is doing this what kind of criminal offense are they committing if any because i think the thought process is well if it's being done through avatar and the metaverse you haven't physically got a human being in front of you have you when you're committing whatever it is that you're committing well and also you've got jurisdiction issues because you could be having numbers of players but playing all around the world that's right well you know it's another interesting aspect all of this because you know abusers do not recognize a the law let alone geography and jurisdictions and all that kind of thing you know they operate in a, a world that is without borders and regulation and law and so on they think you know they can do as they like and um Sadly, often they get away with doing as they like, but that's another issue. Previously, gaming sites and other types of sites like this have had community standards. You know, when you sign up to something where, you you know, the expectation and behaviours and languages and things like that and no threatening behaviour, whether these virtual gaming sites, whether they have to impose things like that and strict bans if language is used or inappropriate behaviour, that someone is automatically banned from having an account with that site. I mean, I guess well, it wouldn't yeah. stop them opening another account, but... In civil law, I think there may be liability because if you abuse this online person through their avatar, you know that behind this character that you're abusing, there's a real person. And so if you go and do that, you're doing so in the knowledge that you could cause serious harm to that person because you know there's a real person behind what's appearing on your screen is that the right way of putting it if i'm putting it right and i'm understanding it right if you are abusing this online person knowing that that's actually a real person behind what you're seeing and you cause that person harm which you're bound to be doing on the fault logically you could be certainly um liable for the damage that you cause them in civil law i'm thinking of um Downton and Wilkinson, that case, you know, where you may not actually physically touch the person, but nevertheless, you've gone and caused them psychiatric harm in the knowledge that through your behaviour, there was the, it was foreseeable, but you're going to cause them harm. So I think, I think there's a strong argument in civil law that if you behave like this, you're likely to cause that young person or that child serious psychiatric harm and you'd therefore be liable. If you think I'm wrong about that, say so. But when it comes to criminal law, I can understand why there's this struggle to understand on the basis of existing criminal law what offences may have been committed. I suppose if the prosecution could prove that you, the offender, knew that that was a real person, it might be a case of gross indecency maybe, but the prosecution can prove that you, the offender, knew that behind what you're seeing, there's a real person. 
and you then do sexual things to keep it light, that you may have committed an act of indecency or, heaven forbid, gross indecency, if you see what I mean. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point, actually. Well, this is going to be something that is going to, I think, keep coming up because, especially Hannah, you found some figures, didn't you, in regards to sexual harassment in virtual worlds and it was a lot higher than I was expecting it to be if I'm honest. Yeah I mean according to some data from 2018 by Pluto VR and the Extended Mind 49% of female users and 36% of male users had experienced sexual harassment on VR platforms and the NSPCC estimates that 15% of children aged between 5 and 10 have used a VR headset and that 6% of this figure use it on a daily basis. Yeah, and those so, statistics yeah. Are, are just about to be six years old. So there's no doubt that I'm sure that it will have increased because people using technology has increased in the last six years again. Well, it seems to me the problem for society and for, you know, tech companies and is that, you know, we're creating all these wonderful worlds, so to speak, and we're all sort of walking naively or innocently into them thinking isn't this all great and all the rest of it and yet there's a section of society out there who thinks this is is another opportunity to get to children and young people and to abuse them you know which is so sort of frightening maybe we're just you know too innocent and too naive i I don't know it's just beyond comprehension as maybe you know we've got to start thinking with every new opportunity as this sort of world evolves but there you know what are the risks for that minority out there to take advantage of what's being created and to use it for terrible means because it would never have occurred to me you know i just you know yeah just never have thought that any of this was possible but clearly it is i think for me what i find really what i struggle with this is how these games even allow people to do like virtual raves do you know what I mean I I know I know that the point of a VR game is that's obviously the point is to be able to control your character exactly as you are but I would have thought there would have been you know when making these games there would have been caps on certain movements and behaviors but presumably these offenders you know you know there's lots of people who are very savvy when it comes to IT and yeah but it would have have to have been coded to allow the individual to do that by the gamers can't they create their own quote unquote game what's what's to stop people then like hacking maybe like yeah I don't know maybe they can maybe people can hack the sort of if you're really if you're really tech savvy what's to stop you from taking pictures photos whatever of a real person and then adapting these images to create your own game. Yeah, well, well, I mean, we know that there's the technology to do deep fakes. We've talked about that in the Mm. podcast before. So you could Mm. create an avatar of somebody else, you know, and what's the liability in regards to that? Especially we've talked about it before. If the image is already available online, you know, you could make an avatar of a potentially very famous person, a politician, things like that. I don't know what. Yeah, well, I think, you know, using the the case of Wilkinson and Downton, which is a very, very old case, all about behaving in a certain way that causes someone to suffer a, a psychological shock without actually physically touching them. If you are so minded to use somebody's image 
these, you know, for sexual purposes without their consent is clearly foreseeable. But if you're doing this without their consent, that you run the real risk of causing them real psychological harm. So I think from the civil law, I can see quite potentially quite strong cases. But as regards criminal law, I can understand why there's this hesitancy and struggle about is the existing law that we've got sufficient to capture this kind of behaviour. And I can only think of, you know, I think it's going to be a real struggle as on the basis of existing criminal law to prosecute these culprits, because I don't think criminal law um, extends to this kind of behaviour unless the prosecution can prove that the culprit has behaved in a particular way when using these kinds of images. And I think that's going to be very difficult to prove. It may be a case of what what we discussed in our last podcast or the previous podcast before in regards to proving identity, when we were talking about, you know, ways that people could change their identity and having to log on to websites and things and prove who they were so that there's a tracking ability as well. Mm. I think on the basis of existing criminal law, prosecution would have to prove that the offender stroke culprit has behaved in a particular way on, on the basis of the existing law, I think that's going to be challenging. Well, and also there may be issues in regards to that because it depends on the website's regulations or the virtual site in that, for example, the game Grand Theft Auto is rated 18. So, and that's the, the description is, it's because it refers to use of drugs, explicit sexual activity and defenseless characters and violence. So, if you do then have a child in the, a potential virtual world and they're not 18 and the game says that they need to be 18, that also will cause some issues, won't it, with potential criminal and civil claims? Mm. Interesting for all the wrong reasons. Interesting times ahead, I think, because quite clearly this is a, a world that is clearly developing. And I think it's going to require not just national effort to deal with this but international effort because as you were saying Danny this has probably got a global reach you know there's nothing to stop an offender in the UK presumably abusing virtually a youngster on the other side of the world yeah Yeah. very true yeah and there'll be those out there as we know from cases where we've acted upon who think it's their business to exploit their own children in order to gain money for uh, customers in the West. So, you know, we've seen that before, you know, where parents haven't been shy from exploiting their own children for financial gain. They can be in one part of the world and the offenders or the customer, as they see it, in another part of the world. So interesting times for all the wrong reasons ahead, I think. I agree. Okay. well, we better draw this podcast to a close. I suspect we'll be returning to this subject in the coming months. So thank you for listening. If you have any thoughts or comments, then please do get in touch with us. We always like to hear from our listeners, so please do get in touch. If you have any concerns or questions about this podcast or any other podcast or issue, then please do get in touch with us. So it's goodbye from me, it's goodbye from Danny, and it's goodbye from Hannah. Bye, listeners. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favourite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. 
email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.